Hi, y'all, and welcome to the Fitness Nutritionist Podcast. And that's nutritionist with an S, since there's two of us. We're your hosts, Stephanie and Mandy. We all know that nutrition and fitness information can be overwhelming and confusing. So we're here to help women find real answers for all things fitness and nutrition related by giving you quick tips and strategies so you can find your healthy weight, get fit, and improve your physical and mental health. And as registered dietitians, we know how nutrition and exercise can help you feel better and allow you to live your healthiest and happiest life. So be sure and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the episodes full of great tips and helpful information we have just for you. You can also join us in our private Facebook group, The Fitness Nutritionist Corner, where we will provide fun challenges, answer your questions, and support women along their journey to a better health. So grab a glass of water and let's get moving with today's topic. Welcome back to another episode of the Fitness Nutritionist Podcast. This is episode number 11, and today we're going to be talking um, about the ketogenic diet and is it right for you? So two weeks ago on the podcast, if you didn't catch that episode, we talked about intermittent fasting. And then today we're going to be talking about the ketogenic diet. And then on our next episode, we'll be talking about goal setting for 2022. So this is part two of a three-part little mini series that we're doing. So I don't know about you, Mandy, but years ago, I actually tried the ketogenic diet or a version of it because I was wanting to lose weight and it kind of came along and I thought, you know, I'll try it. But in researching that, and then later, of course, I went to school to become a dietitian and, and have studied it throughout the years. But One thing that I want the listeners to know is that the ketogenic diet was not originally developed to be a weight loss diet. It can be traced back like fasting and other regimens such as this kind of along this, these basic guidelines have been used since at least 500 BC, and they were used to treat epilepsy in children and even adults. And today the main purpose of ketogenic diets in a medical realm is treating children with epilepsy. Yeah. Like you said, years ago, I actually looked into a somewhat ketogenic diet. However, once I read into it, I knew I couldn't follow it because (laughs) you couldn't have fruits and I love fruit. (laughs) So that wasn't necessarily for me, but the ketogenic diet has gained such popularity as a so-called natural way to lose weight. This diet is low in carbs, high in fat and moderate intake and protein. And it actually should be specified as healthy proteins, even though some people kind of take that out of context and they just eat basically whatever they want. Yeah. So when this was first developed, how it came about is they were actually studying the effects of starvation for the treatment of epilepsy. And they discovered that in the absence of food, especially carbohydrates, they found that it actually forces the body to use fat as fuel. So when most people hear, oh, hey, if you do, and some of the more common diets that are based on keto is like Atkins, South Beach, that type of thing. 
So, um, you know, if most people hear, oh, if I follow this diet, I'm going to be burning fat, right? Because that's what most of us are wanting to lose anyways, body fat. So it can come across as people thinking that it's the miracle cure or, oh, if I eat this exact way, I'm going to burn more body fat. But as we'll look at today, even though, yes, it does force your body to use that fat, it's not meaning that you're going to be necessarily more successful at losing weight and keeping that weight off. Right. As I said, will ago, this is kind of advertised as a weight loss plan. However, this eating plan is actually a medical diet that may come with some serious risk. Some of those risks can include heart disease. And the reason heart disease can occur is because of the high saturated fats that people are consuming. One of the other side effects are kidney stones. Those are not fun. No, no. My husband had one one time Mm -hmm. and probably the worst I've ever seen him when he had a kidney stone. Uh, Constipation. And one of the reasons that constipation comes into play is because we're not putting as much fiber into our diet. We're taking out a lot of those fruits and vegetables that we normally would be intaking. We also see some nutrient deficiencies vitamin B, vitamin C, phosphorus, magnesium, selenium. Um, Those are things that are naturally found in our fruits and vegetables. So, you know, whether you decide to supplement with an oral supplement, you know, because you're not eating those foods, maybe you can, but there are some major reasons that we need those types of foods. Number one, for our heart. Mm -hmm. If you have an existing liver condition, This may cause your liver condition to become worse, or it may cause you to have a fatty liver. And one of the reasons behind that is, is because the diet is higher in fat. And I think we read, was it 90%? I don't know if it says a certain percentage because the premise of the diet is just that you're eating very low carbs, typically 20 to 50 grams a day, moderate protein. And then high in fat, so whatever high in fat means. But I know most people that have done it, it's uh, pretty significant. I think it might have been, I think it was where 90, some people do take 90% of their diet from fat, which is extremely high. It is really high. You can also have some kidney issues. And the reason why is our kidneys are only able to metabolize so much protein. Again, the diet is low in fiber. We discussed that a little ago, resulting in some constipation issues. We may also experience some mood swings and confusion because our brain prefers glucose for that energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is one time where it's, it's a given your brain prefers glucose. That's what it functions the best off of. And that's why when you start to do this, you can have kind of confusion and things like that. Now your brain can end up using ketones when your liver converts that over. It can use it, but there are certain parts of the brain that still relies on glucose. And that's why we do have a system called gluconeogenesis, but it's really best to keep your brain supplied with carbs. Now, the problem here, Mandy, is the quote standard American diet, or it's also called SAD, which is kind of sad actually, One distinction that we want to make here is most Americans do eat too many carbs. 
So most people can benefit by cutting back those carbs, those processed carbs, like we talked about mm-hmm. before the refined carbs, but in a ketogenic diet, this is where you're restricting all carbs, even like beans and legumes and those fruits and root vegetables and that type of thing are strictly limited. Often they restrict carbs to 20 to 50 grams per day. And this is basically like a medium banana has around 25 grams of carbs. So if you ate one banana, then that's pretty much all the carbs you can have them for the rest of the day. So that is an extreme restriction. And most people that say that they're following a ketogenic diet are actually not following it in the strictest terms as what it's meant to be when we're treating epilepsy or something like that. And of course, we wanted to say at the beginning of this one, just as we mentioned on the intermittent fasting, if you think that you want to try the ketogenic diet, you absolutely need to talk with your physician first and discuss any risk factors that you may have, like we talked about here. And then if you do decide to do it, you do need to work closely with your registered dietitian to ensure that you are getting the balance And we don't recommend just randomly supplementing with some of these micronutrients that you might be deficient on because that can actually cause deficiency in others. So we don't just go out and grab a bottle of magnesium or grab a bottle of selenium and start supplementing because then you can become deficient in other vitamins or minerals from that. Right. And talking about a banana, um, banana is typically high in potassium. And I'll use myself as an example. I naturally run very low in potassium. So my kidney doctor has told me, you need to eat a banana a day. Um, I actually had a client this week. She too naturally runs low in potassium and she eats a banana a day. So removing those fruits that contain vital things for us is not ideal. Yeah. So again, how the ketogenic diet works is it's very restrictive in carbs. Like I said, often 20 to 50 grams per day. And then instead of your body relying on glucose, your body relies on ketone bodies, which is a type of fuel that the liver produces from stored fat. And then ketosis is a metabolic state where your body starts using that fat for fuel versus carbs. And then you'll also hear people often that are on a keto diet They'll get those test strips and test for ketones in their urine. And they're so excited when they they see that. But if you're a diabetic too, there's studies that show that it can be effective in helping to regulate blood sugar. But then again, with diabetics, we often don't want them in ketosis because if that exacerbates too much, they can end up in what is known as diabetic ketoacidosis, which can be extremely yes deadly (laughs) and then also it typically takes a few days to reach the state of ketosis so that's another reason why it can be hard for someone to follow this diet because you you can take two to three days sometimes to get there and then if you eat one not allowed food you can get right back out of it and then you are essentially starting from square one again you may also experience um, something what they call the keto flu. It's just your body adjusting to that lower amount of carbs. And it's mostly those processed carbs. 
that Stephanie talked about earlier. Yeah. So there can be some upsides of the keto diet. Um, While the exact mechanisms are still a little bit unclear and a lot of research is still being done on this, ketosis is thought to have some brain protecting benefits. You know, ketosis can be used in childhood epilepsy. As many as half of the young people with epilepsy that were placed on a very controlled under the care of a physician, um, a dietitian, have had fewer seizures after following that diet. Um, but they often have to follow it for months at a time before they really start getting the true long-term benefits of that. And it's actually a lifelong Mm -hmm. um, diet for the kids. And studies had shown that uh, once they stop their ketogenic diet, 20% go right back to having seizures. So it's not that you can start the diet and then you're seizure free, and then you can stop the diet. So for a lot of people, this is a lifelong journey that you're going to be on. And like Stephanie said a while ago, the standard American diet, which it is pretty much sad that uh, we eat as bad as we do, there are modifications that we all should be making to our diet. It doesn't necessarily have to be a keto diet or whatever you choose. We just need to reduce a lot of those processed carbs. Yeah. But a lot of times the concern when following a keto diet is that you're restricting carbs overall. Right. What I've seen some of my clients, the 20 to 50 grams that they are allowed, they're not choosing that to pick a piece of fruit. They're having, you know, a donut or whatever. So well, again, it goes if it was back. a Krispy Kreme, yeah. that might be different. Yeah. So again, as always with any diet, it goes back to the quality of the food. And a lot of times this is, you know, we're having high fat steaks and we're having vegetable oils. We're not picking the higher quality foods. We're just going, oh, well, we're not eating this and this and this, but it's also you know, what are you eating? So, and those higher quality oils too. Right. So we've talked about some of the quote upsides of it. Um, Epilepsy, there has been some research done in it with Alzheimer's and um, somewhat with, with blood sugar management. Now, some of the downsides that you need to consider before you decide to, if you want to try this diet is there's very little evidence to show that this type of eating is effective or safe over the long term for anything other than epilepsy. And also very low carbohydrate diets tend to have a higher rate of side effects like we talked about earlier, constipation, headaches, bad breath, kidney stones, those types of issues. And then it can also mean that in order to meet the diet's requirements, you have to cut out a lot of those healthy foods, which we've talked about, making it difficult to meet your micronutrient needs. So um, this is what I tell, you know, anybody that comes to me that is either on it. And it's also a very hard, you will lose weight initially. So a lot of people, when they start that, they're like, oh, I lost five pounds this week. And you have to keep in mind that when you first start this, some of those pounds are going to be from water weight. It's not that you've actually truly lost fat. You were 
losing some water weight with that. And then as soon as you start eating any types of carbs, again, any significant amount, you're going to quote, gain that back, even though you really never lost that in the first place. I totally agree. So as we were doing some research on this, I was just looking into what does a keto diet look like? And I actually found some really good uh, recipes and meal plans. So for breakfast, it said ham, cheese, and a spinach omelet, which that's a great healthy Mm -hmm. breakfast. A typical lunch would be a steak salad with avocado, bell peppers, and a lime dressing. Again, that's healthy and it's pleasing to the eye. Great portion. Again, um, a snack could be a tuna salad with olive oil, celery, and dill. Again, that's overall healthy. And then for dinner, it said a baked salmon with baked asparagus. So again, that's really healthy. So as Stephanie said earlier, she has known people who had done this, but they're choosing, you know, like high fat steaks, you know, they put gravy on it. They're putting butter and those high fat oils. So it's all about making healthier choices. And it all goes back to the portion sizes as well. But again, one of the caveats is the food restrictions, legumes. Those are good for us. Fruits. Those are good for us. All of the vegetables. There's a reason we have different vegetables. They all provide different micronutrients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know one of the things that is restricted on those is like the root vegetables we talked about. So white potatoes, sweet potatoes, carrots, those types of things. And there's nothing wrong with those types of foods. So what I tell clients when they come to me is, and this ties in with the intermittent fasting or anything else that you're going to be doing is if this is something that you cannot do long-term, if this is something that cannot fit into your lifestyle, then again, it ends up just being another fad diet. You're just going to go on it for a certain amount of time. You're going to lose your weight and then go right back to the way that you were eating. So in my refined and renewed program, I personally For most women, do not recommend the keto diet because most people are not implementing it correctly. Because with this type of eating style, you do have to really maintain ketosis, right? As we talked about, it can take days to get there. Well, on this one quote slip up can throw you out of it. What I like to teach my clients and what I want women to understand is It should not be an all or nothing mentality. You can lose weight. You can get fit by not using such restrictive guidelines and going on and off these diets that eliminate whole food groups, you know, that tell you, you can't have more than one piece of fruit a day. And if you have that piece of fruit, then you can't have any other grains or any other starches or any other healthy vegetables. I'm an advocate of something that you can maintain for a lifetime that allows you to enjoy whatever foods in moderation and that it's not an an all or nothing thing. Cause like on mine, we'll, we'll be going through the program and one of the ladies will say, you know, it was, it was her granddaughter's birthday that day and she had a piece of cake. And I stressed to them, 
you did not mess anything up. Right. You enjoyed a piece of cake. And a lot of times they go ahead and they they plan for that. They know that it's coming. You know what? You don't have to wait and start over again on Monday because you didn't mess anything up from that. You enjoyed your piece of cake. You lived your life. You enjoyed the birthday party and you just pick up. You haven't kicked yourself out of anything. So. Right. I'm going to be honest. I don't necessarily promote the keto diet either. I'm not saying it's not great for some people. Mm -hmm. It is good for some people. Again, I don't promote anything that restricts all food groups. I want you to enjoy your food. I want you to enjoy life. I want you to do it with portion sizes, Mm -hmm. limit those processed foods, and exercise. We can all fit these things into a diet. And in the same way on cake, I'm always telling my clients, if you go to a birthday party, have a piece of cake, don't have the standard piece that people cut at birthday parties, have a sliver of piece of cake. Yeah. And then if you want more, go back and get another sliver. Yes. But oftentimes we're satisfied with that smaller piece. That's right. So I hope that you found today's episode helpful. Again, go through these things and see, is this right for you? Is this something that you can maintain? Is this something that your um, physician says that you would be medically cleared for? Do you have a dietitian that you can work with to help you safely implement it? And then you get to decide along with your healthcare provider, if this is the route that, that you should take. So I hope you'll tune in for our next episode where we will be talking about goal setting for 2022 so you can start that year off right. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you gained a little more info to help you along your journey to your best life. We would love it if you would take just a minute to write this podcast and share it with your family and friends. And as always, let us know if you have anything you would like us to talk about on any future episodes. And don't forget, go to the Fitness Nutritionist Corner, our private Facebook group, where we'll have those fun challenges. We'll answer your questions and support women along their journey to a better health. You can also contact us on our website at thefitnessnutritionist.com. And that's nutritionist with an S. And just remember, ladies, you are worth it.